1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Wanted to invite you into a conversation we're about to have with our new friend. It's John Michael Hinton. He's a magician illusionist and he's the author of a book called Imaginate. He is a magician, a storyteller, and a redhead. <laughs> and he's driven by passion to encourage people to embrace joy. And he uses the power of magic and storytelling and humor in a mix that you won't soon forget. And he uses everyday objects to accomplish some impossible feats. He's been on the hit show Penn and Teller Fool Us. He's got millions of views on YouTube. John Michael is a sought after speaker and entertainer. He lives in Dallas, Texas with his wife, their three children, and his amazing hair. John Michael, good to have you with us on Mornings with Tom and Tobby. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Wow. Well, John Michael, what made you decide on the book title Imaginate? It's really creative. And is your message only for the artistic type of audience? Um, I would say, yes, it's for the artistic type of audience, which I think actually is everybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Imaginate is actually, it is, a, it is a word. We didn't create it. We didn't make it up. It's an old um, archaic English word that literally means to create with imagination. Hmm. And um, I really think that all of us were created um, to be creative. Um, whether you are, you think, nah, man, I, I'm a jock. I'm, I only, um, <laughs> I'm not all that artistic. Um, well, okay. I'm sorry. I love baseball and I watch baseball all the time. And you cannot tell me that when a pitcher lets go of a ball and the whatever they put on that ball to make it do a curve or to make it go up or to make it go, whatever they do, um, you know, they put that finesse on it, that there's something creative. There's something artistic to that. When, when the guy swings the bat, I mean, how he's, you know, even holding his front foot, his back foot, where his weight is, all that requires creativity. So whether you're a jock or you're an artist like I am or a performing artist like I am, um, or even I have a friend who's a dentist who's like, John, I'm not creative. I'm like, okay, <laughs> the way you unpack, like take all the junk out, out of a cavity and then repack it without hurting the nerve and all this stuff. Everything we do requires creativity. And I think some of us write it off as, oh, well, if I'm not actually painting or drawing or singing, I'm not artistic, I'm not creative. And, and I don't buy it because I think the, the gifts that God has given us he's given us incredible creative gifts to use in imaginative ways in collaboration with both him and each other to make beautiful things in this world. 
Wow, that mm. uh, is wonderfully put. You're hearing the voice of John Michael Hinton, and uh, he is the author of a book called Imaginate, and he's talking about the creativity that is placed within us by the great creator, God himself. And and if God really is the greatest artist of all time, John Michael, I mean, what does it mean when we spend time just critiquing his work, including ourselves and the things that we see around us? Yeah, you know, um, God doesn't make mistakes, and also God doesn't make trash. <laughs> so when we look at ourselves in the mirror and we say, oh, look at this, oh, this is, this is junk, this is nothing, we're literally looking at the, what God has claimed to be his masterpiece in Ephesians 2.10. He says, you are my masterpiece, my workmanship. Um, we're looking at his masterpiece and saying, nah, God, you screwed up. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but um, I'm, I'd rather go with an expert opinion than some ignorant uh, person. Because uh, in a sense, we're like an ignorant person walking into a, um, a, a art museum and looking at some masterpiece of Rembrandt or you know Michelangelo or Leonardo, all these incredible you know people that everyone else says, oh, these people know art, and that's going, yeah, but I don't like it. Mm. <laughs> you know, ah. it's, it's like no, maybe we should go with if somebody has declared us a masterpiece, yeah, or maybe we should just go, you know, maybe you know more than I do. So, um, in even times that when the lies come, because they always come, when the lies come and start to tell us, no, you're a mistake, you, you're not, nah, he screwed up with you, just say, no, no, I'm going to stop my own opinion and go, I'm going to go with the master. I'm going to go with the expert's opinion. Mm. Well, you know, God designed us also to live in collaborative existence with him. How do we join in on that collaborative creativity? Yeah, you know, again, we were never meant to do this alone. Um, I one of my favorite verses where uh, you know they come. Jesus says something crazy again. Um, if you want to look it up, you just type in "rich young ruler" in Google, or you might even know where that is. But um, and as soon as he says, "Listen, this this is really hard," and um, the actual thing he says is it's harder for a rich man to get into heaven um, than a camel to go through an eye of a needle, right? And they're like, well, then who could be saved? And he says, um, with man, this is impossible. And I don't think it's just talking about who can get into heaven, uh, rich or poor or whatever. It's, it's nothing. With man, by ourselves, this entire life is impossible. And then he says these three words, but with God. Listen, yes, with you, this is impossible, but with God, and then if you know the rest of the verse, nothing is impossible, or everything is impossible. I'm sorry, everything is possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, With you, you're right, you can't do it, Uh, but with God, all things are possible. Why? Because that's how God created to be back in the Garden of Eden. That's how he created to be, whether it be actually salvation and getting into heaven or just you're doing it at whatever you're doing, whether it's trying to be the best friend, being trying to be the best son, trying to be the best daughter, trying to be the best husband, the best wife, the best father, mother, whatever we try to do in this life, we were never meant to do it on our own. And God promises, whoever seeks wisdom, I'll give it to him. If you if you want to be with me, I'll do it with you. And so I think that is where we always have to start saying, yeah, God, I never was supposed to do, supposed to do this alone. So I'm not going to. Um, but even further than that, um, you know, the first time that God ever looked at our amazing world that he created and said something was not good 
is when because everything you know if you remember the creation story he he looks you know creates light it's good creates mm-hmm. the oceans and the mountains it's good creates all the uh, foliage and and all the plants it's good and he, you know the the animals and then even us it's really good but then he looks at everything and he says oh wait that's not good and what was not good mm-hmm. for us to be alone. We're not supposed to do it without him, mm-hmm. and we're not supposed to do it without each other. Mm-hmm. God wants—that's his plan. And when we can work with him and then work with each other—in fact, I didn't write this book by myself. I have a co-author on it, um, an amazing guy named Ken Caster. And, man, it's it's amazing what we can do when we work together um, and with God, and what we can put out is such beautiful things that can bless other people and just really make this world a better place. His name is John Michael Hinton, and he's written a book called Imaginate. He is a magician and storyteller by trade. And so, John Michael, I just want to know, what actually inspired you to write Imaginate with uh, Ken Caster? Yeah, so um, what I get to do is, you know, I get to travel all over doing magic shows and um, delusions for people and and, uh, all over the country. And while I do this, I create uh, a lot of airline miles. And so... um, (laughs) I had so many airline miles that I looked at my wife and I said, you pick a place in the world that our airline flies and I'll take you. And so she, in all of her wisdom, picked Italy because if you ever have an option to go to Rome, you should. Um, Let me just help you out right now. If you have the option to go to Rome, decide yes. Okay. Okay. Just, I'm I'm, going to make that easy for you. (laughs) So we went to Rome and we, you know, we did all the things, we got all the cappuccino, we got way too much gelato, way too much uh, Italian pizza. But, um, one thing that we did that honestly I wasn't excited about. I knew we had to do it. You're supposed to do it, but I, this was not one of the things that I was like, "Oh, I can't wait." Was to go to the Sistine Chapel. My wife, again, she wanted to go. I was like, "Sure." So we woke up way too early. In fact, there's this early tour that you can do where you can only be like one of only a, a couple hundred people in there. Like I think we were had 75 other people in there with us, um, as opposed to hundreds and hundreds. So I'd recommend doing that. So. But I've been all over the world, so I've seen all the different places, uh, all the different cathedrals, and I'm like, all right, it's just another cathedral. I'm, I'm sure it's pretty. I'm sure it's nice, but but uh, we'll go. And so we get into there, and right before you get in there, there's, like this, there's this really tight staircase, which is lowering my expectation. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> this is whatever. But as soon as we walked into the Sistine Chapel, if you've you've probably seen the pictures of Michelangelo's where man, God is reaching out and touching mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. and it's the six day creation. And it, books are uh, are cool, but honestly, when we walked in, and again, my expectations were low. It was as if somebody put a shot back into my lungs and t- put it on high, and my breath was just completely taken away, full on, just sucked right out of my lungs. Just I had no option, just but almost to gasp and just to wow. Um, and literally for the next two and a half hours, my wife and I sat on a bench staring at the ceiling with a, uh, I think it was Rick Steve's audio guide in our head, uh, telling us what all the different things were. And it was just incredible. It was moving. It was amazing. But after about, I don't know, two hours of staring at this, this art piece, and you've probably have seen it again, you can Google Sistine Chapel and you can see the, the art piece, but, um, it's a six day creation story. And, uh, my wife turns to me and she said, you know, it must have been fun. And mm. I said, yeah. And I said, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you, you mean like Michelangelo? Like that must have, that must have been hard to paint all this. Like I would have got a crink in my neck. Like I'm going to crink in my neck right now. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? It must have been fun. And she said, no, 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 God, 
when he created all this. Mm. He must have had fun. And honestly, it took my head off because I'd never, when I envisioned God creating the world, it was always like a very stoic God of like, let there be light, let there be this, let there be, oh, it is good. <laughs> but what if instead God is kind of like, since we're in the image of God, we I think it's okay for us to say, is a, like, reacts kind of like us, or maybe we act like him, that he created it and he sat back and almost nudged an angel like, oh, look at that with a smile on his face. Look at that. That's good. And then he's like, I know. And he's like, oh, wait, watch this. And he makes a bird and starts flying. And they're like, whoa, he's like, I know. It's good. And then he gets to us and he makes a self-portrait. And everybody's like, oh, God, it has your eyes. Oh, God, it has your nose. He's like, I know. It's so good. Uh, and he was like smiling. And it took my head off. I'm like, wait, what if God actually enjoyed the creation process? And of course he did, right? Like, mm. <laughs> like of course he did, and it must have been fun. And if that's how much God had to make us, that's why he wants to interact with us. That's why he didn't want to just leave us here on earth. Like, he wants to be in interaction. He wants to collab with us. He wants to do this life with us. And uh, so that kind of just changed how I viewed God, how I viewed my relationship with God, and that's what honestly inspired me to write this book. Mm. Wow, that is fantastic. You're so hearing fun. the voice of John Michael Hinton just talking about his inspiration behind the book Imaginate. And uh, as you were just sharing that story, I don't think that I have ever thought of it that way, that, that you know, God went to work, and when he went to work, he created. You know, <laughs> but he enjoying creation really makes those other verses where he sings over us, mm. like in Zephaniah 3.17, really makes those come to life in a creative sense that he enjoyed the process and he enjoys the process of walking each day with us expand on that a little bit yeah you know like you said he he was excited to do stuff with us i think when jesus came down to earth i don't think he again only uh, if he created fun he created laughter i'm sure jesus laughed um we have verses that says jesus wept and we you know those are comforting to us too that he's like us but um i'm sure when he was sitting around he's laughing with us he's enjoying it i know when all the kids are let the children come on to me and they're climbing all over him he's there's no way he's sitting there with a uh frown on his face just like mm-hmm okay kids you know like i'm sure he's wrestling with them he's laughing with them and he wants to do life with us and i think that's Something that we forget is, no, he wants to do all of it with us. It's not just when we go to a church service and are bored as children. Um, you know, like, <laughs> uh, hopefully, if, if, if you're bored in church, find, find a better children's program. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, but, uh, like, God wants to do life with us. And if, man, if we are truly doing life with him and being creative, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. Uh, and, and yeah, um, it, like I said, it transformed how I relate to God, how I, um, I think about how he wants to do this life with us. Okay. And, and I'm just loving hearing your take on life, John Michael. And, and we want to wrap up with kind of our last question. It is, it's like a nine part question, but <laughs> as we're wrapping up, let me see if you can really uh, unpack this for us because, uh, you do magic with, uh, and kind of. Sometimes people think that magic kind of plays tricks on us visually, but what is your response to those who maybe question using magic as a method of sharing Christ? Yeah, well, um, Revelation 21.8 says that uh, magicians go to hell. 
Uh, <laughs> it does. Apostle uh, says liars go to hell. It also says that people who disobey their parents go to hell. Uh, mm. So, first of all, let's just start that all of us are headed to hell and praise the Lord that He redeemed us. Okay. Amen. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's not, it's referring to actually witchcraft, right? It's not referring to this. Um, and I'll tell you this God created me to be on stage. Um, yeah. He, I don't know if it was all the attention I got when I was um, being born from the doctors and nurses in the room, um, but I just knew I had to be on stage and be in front of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, what, what I love about what I get to do with magic um, or illusions, depending on, we all know it's fake. I'm not trying to start a cult. Um, <laughs> uh, is it gives people the ability to check out of reality, check out of the stresses of reality, and just for a minute say, wait, if, if that happened, maybe not everything is impossible. Like, we can just, you know, relax a little bit. And um, actually, in my show, and if you ever, you can go to my Instagram, you can go just to John Michael, sorry, uh, John is my friend.com. Um, John is my friend.com. You'll find all the videos and stuff like that and see uh, on my Instagram where I'm on tour. But you'll hear me say that, listen, impossible is a word that's so powerful in every single language. And yet it's often overused and misused. And in my show, in fact, I create some impossible objects. Like I put a Rubik's Cube in a glass bottle that doesn't have any openings except for an opening that's way too small for the cube to fit through. I, I do all these, make these impossible objects because I think they beg the question that what if there are things in our lives that we have labeled impossible that have simply been mislabeled? Mm-hmm. And I really think that's true. We used to say, oh, that's impossible. Oh, I could never do that. I could. What if you could? And what if, uh, like we said earlier, that but with God, nothing is impossible.